Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I'm your host this week, Karen Randazzo, and with me as always is Madman with a Box, Chris Randazzo. I only came for the dancing. 2,000-year-old plastic centurion, Evan Goldstein. Never ignore a coincidence, unless you're busy. And complicated fiancé, Angie Furnot. You wouldn't answer your phone. <laughs> This is episode 270 for the week of October 25th, 2023. By the time you hear this, I, me, will be a whole year older. And so in honor of my birthday tonight, we will be discussing my favorite episode of my favorite show, Doctor Who season five, episode 13, The Big Bang. But before we get to that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us your favorite episode of your favorite show. Tell us your favorite doctor. Tell us your favorite kind of hat. Tell us anything you want. Just put this week's episode in the subject line, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. So, how's everybody doing? I wear a fez now. Fezes are cool. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the single listener. Hello, sweetie. <laughs> there were so many lines that I Ooh. wanted to use, and I love the part when he's like, oh, yes, uh, it'll be, it's right in front of me. I'm, I'm just, it's, it, I'll get it. I'll get it. It's right in front of me. Come, come on, Rory. Like, yeah, I think you probably are. <laughs> oh, that was... God, so many good moments. I so we did both episodes, right? Like we yeah. both wa- we all watched. Yes. Both of them. Okay, just make we it. all right, watched we'll t- we'll both talk about parts of the two parter. <laughs> I just want yes. you to know, I'm like, I'm ready to skip right to that and just talk about that because ugh, God, I'm so mildly good. upset with you because now I have to like. It has been a long time since I've watched a show that I was like, yeah, now I want to do a rewatch. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of. Doctor Who, because I'm going to go back to Eccleston. So sorry. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, how's yeah. it going? Yeah. What's up, people? Oh. What's going on? I am about to be another year older, and I'm about to spend the whole weekend of that happening um, at like eight different cheerleading events. <laughs> so, with your birthday, you're, you've decided to. Become a cheerleader? You're picking up the pom-poms? Is that what we're doing? I am actually arranged for the cheerleaders to be cheering about me. <laughs> so is that a midlife crisis for a female? Is that, is that what happens? You don't know no super, like, not a sports car or a boat? You just say, I'm going to be a cheerleader You now? hire a squad of cheerleaders <laughs> and they follow you around. You around. <laughs> I, like I just it. promised them a bunch of candy and they were like, yeah, we'll get in the van. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I know I'm going to lose my wife. Oh, Karen's aging. Uh, yeah, no, my daughter is, our daughter is, uh, become a cheerleader this year at seven years old. And, and that means the morning of my birthday, I get a need to get up at an ungodly hour so she could be at a cheer competition by 8.15 a.m. Gross. <laughs> well, 
Yeah. Someone's going to be chipper. I'm not betting on you. <laughs> um, and there will be Starbucks or there will be blood. So, mm-hmm. you know, take your pick. Why not both? Why not Honestly. both? Use about- the Starbucks to fuel the violence. <laughs> Make the violence more efficient. I don't know that I'll be allowed in the cheerleading competition if I perpetuate that much violence. But, I'd you like know, to see I mean, stop. that sounds uh, like Killing a two birds with yeah. one stone. <laughs> Look, you fuckers made me get up this early <laughs> on a weekend. Ah, uh, yes. This is why we incite violence. Well, I am excited for you to not be excited, I guess. But also, I hope that you do get to have other so- fun birthday shenanigans. Shenanigans. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something. It's not a, like a big birthday or anything. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, because I've been peep showing into your guys' lives via Facebook, I saw that you, Karen, did a ridiculous Halloween thing where the Sean Doyle was wearing a ridiculous blow-up costume, and Mr. Mister Randazzo went and made me exceptionally jealous to go travel and see a live performance. Yes, so all that that's well that I'll be I'll be chatting about that when it's my turn. So we need to start getting into that. Let's let's start diving in because I need to know I need to live vicariously, people. Like that's that's well <laughs> the Halloween thing is an annual thing we have around here called witchcraft, which is basically beer fest plus Halloween. Um so a lot of you kids. pay <laughs> Yes, you pay a lot of money uh for a ticket and then they have, I don't know, eighty something vendors. Um Alcohol vendors, different breweries, distilleries. Um, there may have been wine. I didn't have any wine. Um, and like craft vendors and things like that. And also like performances, Halloween costume contest, uh, pumpkin pie eating contest, a DJ, all kinds of things. Nice. Um, and uh, I went. I went pre-COVID for my 40th, and this is the first year I've been able to go back. Uh, It's an amazing time. You just go out in the woods with your friends and get drunk like a bunch of idiots. Somebody, we were were hanging out beforehand, and uh, a friend of ours was there, and he was like, I'm not going to go. You know, it's too much money and too much work, like, because they only give you a tiny sample at each booth. Like, you have no idea how quickly uh this stuff hits you oh yeah there used to be like a drinking game like you could either if whoever can like if you it's like 12 shots of beer is the equivalent to x kind of thing and when you're shooting it down faster yeah that shit hits you harder quicker yeah it's like doing a power hour yeah you know yeah um, for those of you who are Chris and don't know about drinking, that's when you take a, take a shot every hour, a shot of beer, not a shot of alcohol, cause then you die. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And I mean, you're not like drinking like as fast as you can, but like, you know, you go to a tent, you stand in a line of like 10 people deep, you get to the front, you get your drink, you drink it, you go to the next tent and it's like, that's what you do all night. <laughs> Um, Puke and it repeat. was, it's also, it was also a rain or shine event and it was pouring rain. Oh, boo. Um, but you know, it's rain or shine. And as I said, very expensive. We also got our own, um, jitney to take us there and back, <laughs> um, which was another expense. So after putting out all this money, we're like, F it, we're drinking in the rain. Yeah. Um, 
I think we only lost like one person and it was because they had to work, not because oh. the, of the weather. You left them in the woods? <laughs> no, they oh. didn't go. Oh, so okay. No survivors. Um, but yeah, and like, I guess that was Sean's idea of a waterproof costume was just to get an inflatable. <laughs> it, it, if I'm not mistaken, it looked like his legs and the inflatable upper body, it looked like they, that person was holding him. Cause every yeah, like, it, it was being, it was like, it's, it's an alien abduction costume. Ah, so it. he looks like he's being carried away by an alien. And he said that he plans to, um, he owns stilts apparently, and he plans to put black <laughs> cloth around the stilts of, oh, and then God. wear the costume with the stilts so that it looks like he's, you know, yeah. really being sucked higher up into the air by the I like alien. It. I like it a lot. Uh, but he obviously didn't want to wear stilts, um, in the woods. In the rain while drinking copious amounts of alcohol. But if anybody was to do it, it, it would, would be, be Sean. easy Sean Doyle. I say, it sounds like a missed well, we opportunity. A, we did have a great time. Um, yeah. Awesome. We had a great time. We drank. We ate stupid food. We danced in the rain. Um, there was, you know, the typical amount of drama that comes along with a certain combination of people and a certain amount of alcohol. Um but it didn't ruin the night, so. Yeah. Uh, witchcraft, if you are in the South Jersey area, I highly recommend it. It's a good time. It's worth the. Uh, it's worth splashing out on. So I mean, it, it sounds like they're doing a, a a play on words there because it's craft beers. I'm assuming as well. Uh yeah, it is craft beers. Um, <laughs> it it's the longer name of the event is like uh, what do they call it? Uh, witchcraft, a mystical encounter with brews and spirits. <laughs> Get it? Because brews and beers and spirits is, you know, alcohol. What? Oh, my God. Thank Wait a you minute. for explaining that. Explain it. You just, you know, it's better if you explain I, I'm things. glad I could improve that one for you guys. <laughs> this is this is strange for me to be the one talking at the beginning of the podcast. Like, I went to the most exciting thing of all four of us. Like, that never happens. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like it. So, what it was is looking at those photographs, and there was not a somber picture shown. Like everybody was looked like they were having a blast, and, and I'm glad that you got to to go out and have a good time. That's that's it. It's it's very very yeah. Simple. That was basically my birthday party. So awesome <laughs> shenanigans. For awesome the win. sausage. Very happy for you. Yes. So any shenanigans on your end, guys? Uh, what did we do? What month is this? We are in October, October. halfway through October. I took a trip to Virginia to go see a friend. Um, did we record before or after I left last time? Before, yeah, yeah, no, you're, yeah, that's you, you had a big trip. My mom got married, yeah, yay, hooray, congratulations. So I went up to Dirty Jersey. Yeah. 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 No, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. Okay. It yeah, was good, a good. 300 plus person wedding. Um, wow. Yep. Holy shit. That's a big wedding. So part of my gift to her was being there, but also the other part was yeah. <laughs> my brother and sister and I actually ran the wedding. Um, wow. So into, we the sure into the ground. You got, you got to keep in mind when she says 300 person wedding, it was like a large party. So there was a lot of moving 
parts. Yeah, so this wasn't a typical wedding. Like, uh, they landed in a helicopter to arrive. Um, What? Yep. Yep. They straight up did that shit, and then they got married on this little pavilion that I had to decorate, and it was just like a concrete slab with a bunch of rusty metal bars around it that I had to make pretty. And then uh, that was kind of cute, though, because for the ceremony, everybody, the way that it worked is it was like up and raised a little off a hill so a bunch of people just like stood on the hill and then around the pavilion so everyone got to see it and they had a speaker so everyone got to hear it too nice so i was one of the only people that was on there i filmed the whole like ceremony uh then they went down and the rest of the wedding was a giant inflatable obstacle course a dunk tank uh petting zoo they had uh, multiple golf carts to drive around the property and explore. There was a volleyball court, uh, like a volleyball net set up, and everybody played volleyball. There was, what else? Oh, an ice cream food truck kind of thing, but the ice cream was free. Like, it was just unlimited until they ran out. Uh, there was open bar, uh, a pig roast with a guy doing a bunch of smoked barbecue and American cuisine. And... There was a surprise guest that was... So hold on. Before you say the surprise Uh, guest, okay, I couldn't go. I had to stay home, okay, because money and Owen is... We can't can't board him. We have to, like, pay someone to to take care of him because he is sick. So I... The surprise guest was Robot Evan. I I stayed home. surprise guest Owen? No. Go ahead, honey. Who was the surprised guest? Okay, so not to make it weird and political, but uh, my parents, my now stepdad, his sister-in-law got him a surprise guest Trump impersonator. Oh, Jesus. That's right. Uh. Donald Trump was at my mom's wedding. Fonald Rump. It wasn't Donald Trump. It was an impersonator. Yeah, well, he did a very strong impersonation to the point where I actually had to, like, really do a double take um so that was a thing i was so happy i stayed home <laughs> that would have been bad yeah. i would have punched an impersonator so i think wow. they gave probably him clear... wouldn't be his first rodeo yeah. <laughs> i i think they gave him clear instructions to stay away from me which was really nice because i never had to have a single interaction with him good but uh yeah that was the thing i got to deal with so you know i was able to have a sense of humor about it because the guy did a damn good impersonation i'm not gonna lie but it's still the the, you know everything he stands for i hate so cool love that but it was great it was great to go see my family it was great to be up there and help and make my mom's day special and i love weddings man i i really had like a 27 dresses i do too yeah like oh, so good but yeah that's uh that was i guess that would be it, yeah right yeah so i didn't do the biggest thing you did the biggest thing for sure well, congratulations um, to your mom yeah. thanks i oh. mean this is a bit this is a long time coming like i i don't know why her and kevin haven't been already married like it's, they've been together as long as i've known them and they were waiting for the perfect impersonator. Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess the, so. the, the planets needed to align, I guess. But yes. Well, what was great is every time she tells the story of how long they've been together, the number of years changes. It gets longer and longer. <laughs> it's pretty great. Cute. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So, TV. All right. So, 
<laughs> well, <laughs> honey, you, you do you want to kick it off with your big experience story? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that, I will kick things off. That also ties into the TV. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, That's why exactly. I did this. Nice. So segue. my show, quote unquote show that I'll be talking about is a show, a live version of a show of one of my favorite TV shows. Uh, so they announced recently that the uh, most of the members of the state MTV's the state, my favorite sketch comedy show ever uh, is doing a live reunion tour, sort of tour. It's only going to a couple of places so far, but I, I suspect there will be more of them. But. Uh, they were doing a show in New York City on Monday night, and uh, it was at the studio that they actually recorded the show in. It was at the studio. This is the really? same building that the show was actually recorded in, which was really cool. So a bunch of my friends and I got our shit together and made it happen. We all got tickets, uh, including a ticket for Karen that didn't get used, which was very sad, because it turned out to be on a school night, and there just was no good way of getting us both there, and uh, we... <laughs> Never, we weren't able to find another person to take that last ticket. Uh, but me and Sean and Paul and several Doyles, and uh, it was just a whole wonderful extravaganza. And your sister. And my sister, yes, because my sister and I used to watch the state when we were kids. So there was no getting around me going to that with uh, with my sister, and uh, she she loved it. But yeah, we went. So we went out to uh, New York. We went and met uh, Jer- uh, Sean. At his, uh, I drove, and uh, we met Sean at his law office in Jersey City because Sean <laughs> so is a lawyer. To me, <laughs> but continue. I apologize. <laughs> and uh, we took the path into uh, New York City, went there, and um, yeah, oh, there was a uh, the, the the show was outstanding. Um, but before the show, we were standing, uh, we were you know kind of looking around, and there was a merch table, right? Because how often do you see merch for the state? Never. There's just there is no the state merchandise. Uh, but there were some T-shirts and uh, hats. Uh, the shirts were great. Uh, the one that I got was the only one they had in fat person size, which was a, uh, um, what's it? Uh, it was just the logo on a black T-shirt. But let me send you guys a picture of the uh, the favorite shirt that was there that I wished I could have gotten. Uh, let's see, where is that picture? You do here. Go. I'm gonna send this to you guys right there. And it took me a second to get it. Like, I just had to actually look at it. And then, you know, after a second of looking at it, it's like, yes, yes. United States Taco Service. Nice. Amazing. Yes, indeed. It's fantastic. And they had uh, other shirts that were like the, um, what's it? The, uh, I uh, like the, the tour, tour shirt, basically. Right, right. Like the, the tour was called the breaking hearts and dipping balls tour. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just, just wonderful. Uh, and the hat was uh, the logo for the bearded men of Sta- Space Station Eleven. This is just God mm, now, now I want to rewatch that show. Son of a. <sighs> so, uh, my friends, what uh, a couple of my friends went to get in line uh, to to wait at the merch table, and I was waiting for uh, uh, Paul to get out of the bathroom, and he was taking forever. So I was like, "All right, heck with it. I'm going to go get in line because it's state merch. I know it's going to be expensive, but." When am I going to be here again? When am I going to have this opportunity in my life again? So I get in line, and the line's kind of this big mess of people because you couldn't tell if it was a line for the merch table or a line to get into the actual auditorium. Okay. Uh, and so I'm standing there by myself at the end of the line, and this girl comes up behind me, and she's like, is this the line to get into uh, the state? Or is this the line for the merch? Is this the line to get in there? And I said, I, I hope it's the line for merch because that's what I'm waiting for. 
Uh, and so we uh, just kind of sat there and in line and, and hoped for the best. And as I am wont to do, struck up a conversation, as I always talk to strangers. And the two of us started talking about the state, how much we liked the state, and you know, quoting sketches and stuff. And eventually the conversation turned to uh, the DVD release. And we were talking about how, the, oh, there's merchandise here. And isn't it great that there's actual merchandise? Because before that was like, you can get the DVD sets, which are great. I'm so glad they exist. But, you know, a lot of the music was changed because of licensing issues. And that really hurts a lot of the sketches. So we transitioned to like talking about the sketches that we thought suffered the most from not having the original... Uh, music in it and uh we were going at that going at that for a little while and then this dude comes up behind us in line and says i couldn't help but overhear your conversation uh here and he hands me a jump drive and he said i said what 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 is this he said this is all of the original state episodes with all the original music restored uh he basically did what i did to syphil and ollie to the state (laughs) he found the best quality recordings he could and made the audio match with a uh, audio that has all the correct music in it for the whole series. Uh, and me and that girl kind of freaked out. And then I, you know, got the attention of the other people that were waiting in line that were part of my crew and said, look what I got. Check this out. This man's a, a an American hero. Uh, so he's, he went to the, uh, the previous state show that was like a couple weeks ago, I think in Cleveland, I want to say. And he did the same thing there. It's just a pet project he was doing, and he thought if there was ever going to be anyone in the world that would appreciate what he was doing, it would be people at, you know, a show like this. And he wasn't wrong. So he only had like a small handful, like five or six, to give out at, at the show. But he saw the two, heard the two of us talking. He was like, "Yeah, you guys, you guys will appreciate this." And he was right. <laughs> so uh, what's wild is that before that happened, uh, Paul and Sean were both talking to this guy in the bathroom. <laughs> they happened to be in the bathroom with them at the time and struck up a whole conversation with him and and uh so so we were all thanking him and Paul and Sean were like why is everyone thanking the dude the friend we just made in the bathroom <laughs> ah, because he gave me a jump drive so I came home and I uploaded the jump drive to the uh uh the Dropbox for Evan to put on the oh, flex it's there all uh, right good to know oh yeah oh yeah it's that 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 finished the day that I uh day that i told you i was doing that that's all that's all up there so you want to toss that into the plex yeah absolutely. i wouldn't replace the dvd one just for the sake of uh you know posterity and being able to compare and contrast the two but uh i don't know what well, to call I, it. I see yeah. but i you know when i just went looking to see what the highest available quality is and there's you know multiple like how many seasons was the state. the state was three seasons. Okay, because I just found one that broke it into four, and I don't know why. Well, there was because oh, well, there's three seasons, and then there's like other stuff. So it's all on the jump drive. There was like a CBS pilot that you know didn't turn into a series. They left MTV to go to CBS, and then that completely fell apart, and <laughs> thus ended the state. Uh, there was uh, the state sketches and stickers, which was a v- a standalone VHS release that had. Uh, it was like a kind of a best of, but also it had like three or four unique sketches that were not never aired on the TV show. Okay, um, which is really cool. And then, uh, goodness, there's other stuff too. There was like a pilot episode. Uh, so that's probably what their the four season is. Is probably all the other stuff. If I had to venture a guess, but I uh, it's it's yeah. on its way. So, Let's well, see. yeah, there you go. I have uh, there's your. There's all the uh, fixed, edited, the, the picture quality looks real nice uh, as far as, like, what you could get out of the state. 
which has never been which is, remastered in I high mean, definition I, or anything. Which is crazy because most of those most of the members of the state are still like well-known actors and actresses like you would think that there's enough of a fan base for them to do a remastering. It's, it's all MTV. They don't care. <laughs> it's all MTV. They would all they would do a remaster if they like they had to bite tooth and nail just to get it released on DVD. Like getting it remastered in high definition like they couldn't do it without the state uh, without MTV's permission and MTV does not give a shit about that property other than to be lit- extra litigious about it and keep it under lock and key um cuz MTV's the devil. <laughs> but yeah. Uh so the show itself was spectacular. Um it was all the member all the original members of the state minus uh Mike Showalter, Ben Garrant and uh Todd I don't know how to Hollebeck, I think is how you say his last name. Okay. Uh so it was all but 3 and they it was a mixture of Old sketches, new sketches, and new sketches with old characters. So uh, they opened up with this ridiculously over-the-top, like, battle-sequence-filled uh, origin story of the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay, uh, <laughs> which was just just wonderful. Uh, they did. I mean, I don't. I can't. Rem- I don't think I'm going to remember everything they did, but they did the uh, the taco sketch. Uh, which was really interesting to see them do live on stage. Like they wheeled out a mailbox under a, a, a sheet. And as soon as they pulled the sheet, the audience went nuts. Cause like, okay. as soon as we saw a mailbox, we knew it was coming. Uh, they did, uh, this fantastic new sketch that cracked me up, which was, uh, Kevin Allison, uh, being like a, a football coach. And he's just up there. It starts it off by saying that all the football players are just just genuine shit. They're terrible, but their asses look so good in uniform. <laughs> and it came, it just went on for way too long of him just the raunchiest, most disgusting, disturbing uh, descriptions of all of these football players' asses in their uniforms. It was hysterical. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Until towards the end of it, he said, now, look, I know I'm not your coach. I know you've never seen me before. (laughs) It just took this whole other really weird, disturbing tone. It was fantastic. Uh, They did. um, They did the blind guy uh, at the the talk show where uh, the, the talk show host was just like, if I was if if I was blind, I'd try to learn how to see or something. Like they're all just ripping into this poor guy for being blind. They did the bearded menace space station eleven. They ended on porcupine racetrack. Some of the most interesting stuff actually uh, came in these really cool in between sketches. So I never knew about this show. Let me see if I can actually find the make sure I'm getting the name of this right because I had never heard of this show before. And they kept showing uh, sequences from the shows. Uh, you. It was on MTV before the state. You this wrote is, it, you watch it. You wrote it. Yeah, you wrote it, you watch it. That's what it's called. This was a show on MTV that was hosted by John Stewart called You Wrote It. Uh, it was, you said you wrote it, you watch it. And uh, it was basically they would go out into the street right around the studio that we were in. Uh, they were like, we would go outside and we would interview people and have them tell us stories. And then we would act them out. <laughs> <laughs> as sketch comedy 
and uh, you know the not really success of this show because it wasn't exactly successful. Um, but it, that led to uh, the, the state being a being a, a, a show, and these sketches were absolutely hysterical. <laughs> they were. Um, uh, it's hard to put into words. It was like they would just be these just random people talking about like weird things that happen in their lives. And then the state kind of over dramatically acting them out in really goofy ways. And, uh, there was this one state sketch that had, uh, Kevin Allison. He was, uh, like just, he was, uh, picked up a hitchhiker and then he was just like completely horribly rude to her the entire ride. Just talking about how he, he made her sick and all that. And she like fell in love with him. (laughs) <laughs> and that character actually came from one of these sketches where somebody was explaining like the worst first, first date they ever been on. Um, whole thing was fantastic. Uh, nobody had missed a step. Uh, there were a few, there were a few weird instances like Kevin Allison in particular was spot on to the way he delivered every line on the show. Like it sounded exactly the same, but like during the taco sketch, he was exactly as we remembered him. But then uh, Michael Ian Black was a little bit more, I guess, fast. Like he wasn't as like, Jake, I love the tacos. They're maybe the best tacos I've ever had. You know, he's so close and sincere, but he was just kind of like, he was a little bit more loud and, and animated about it. Uh, so gotcha. it took on a kind of a different feel. <clears throat> Um, it was still very funny, uh, and the way that they had uh, the the mailman fade away was they uh, just some dude came out and like held up a curtain in front of him as he was walking away. <laughs> it was so funny, uh, and like a couple of the parts that were played by like Ben Garrett and and uh, and, and Todd and uh, uh, they who weren't there were just recast. Like you know, Joe Latrulio would take over for Ben and and, and several things. So like damn. that was kind of weird. You know, it was right. not bad but it was just like this this takes on a very different feeling uh and the way that they they did doug since showalter wasn't there they had a they had this whole like obviously pre-planned how they'd react to it but they pulled someone from the audience and threw a t-shirt on him and said all right you're doug here are your lines start reading them and every single time he even attempted to read a line ken marino would freak the fuck out just scream at him at how terrible he was and which then transitioned to this really strange thing where Carrie Kinney was mad at him because Derek Jeter was supposedly in the audience, but he got so disgusted by this audience member's performance that he left early, and then they all ran outside to go try to catch Derek Jeter. He wasn't actually there, but it was really weird. <laughs> it was hysterical. They changed up Barry and Levon's $240 worth of pudding. Uh, yeah, they came out there and they started doing it and then they was, uh, $240 worth, worth of reversible mortgages. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, just sexualized reversible mortgages for a while, which is fantastic. Oh, it was really, really a quite, show, a, quite a show. Uh, it was well worth all of the effort. It was well worth double ticket price effectively to just me go and have an extra seat, uh, we all had a blast. I bought a t-shirt. I got a jump drive with all the original state things on it. Got to hang out with some friends. I saw somebody uh, I went to high school with. I haven't seen since high school. It's, uh, this fellow named James. I haven't seen him. He used to live, he used to be my next door neighbor. Uh, my, my sister used to babysit him. So like he was there and it's like, oh shit, my babysitter's here. Like, it was pretty wild. Uh, so I got to see, see him again. No, it was, it was just a fantastic, fantastic night. 
uh, and I'm looking forward to finding time to rewatching this 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 state episodes because having watched a handful of them off the jump drive, it's been a long time since I've watched them with the original music, and it's like I didn't realize how much those sketches lost by not having the original music in them. Like the they're still funny, but there's so much of the personality of the sketch was written with that music in mind. Right. So like the first one that comes to mind is when the house is infested with slash instead of mice. (laughs) And like you, you watch the new one and I chuckle along to it. But as soon as I watched this one and heard all the actual guns and roses music playing along with it, like November rain and everything's like, Oh my God, this was so designed for these specific songs. And like, the, the the kindergartner who was undercover was set all the Smashing Pumpkins songs and of course the, the Michael Ian Black's pants sketch like that sketch without Cannonball by the Breeders is like is half of what it was that song is so perfect for that sketch and that it's not there it just really it just changes the feeling of it so much so uh, I'm really looking forward to jumping into the rest of these. That's awesome. Rewatching them. I haven't watched the later seasons in such a long time. Like season one, I know like the back of my hand. A lot of season two I do. Season three is like kind of wishy-washy in my head. And like, I'm just really looking forward to diving into this show again and chuckling my butt off. Because it's darn funny. It's funny, yeah. It's a great, great show. It's, it, what's funny is I'm going to tie in real quick because um, we do a, a horror movie night here with our, our neighbors, my brother had come down for the weekend and he, we usually do some really fucked up horror movies, like some rough stuff, but my brother wanted to do more campy stuff. And, um, we watched the movie, the babysitter. And that movie features Ken Marino as the dad. And, (laughs) Anytime I see Ken Marino on screen, I don't care what he's doing. I'm just like my my mood gets brightened <laughs> because it. Like, they did the they did the Jesus. I'm gonna do, that's that's which Louis they did. They did the Jesus one. Okay, nice. Every time it it I was doing a, a rewatch of Veronica Mars not too long ago, and like I watched the movie and like. When that door swings open and there's Ken, like, oh, it's Ken Marino. I love Ken Marino. <laughs> Just it's amazing. To say, hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. I, I, I think it's worth mentioning in this whole state experience that in order to prepare for it, um, he th- he threw the show on uh, just in the background while we were doing other stuff um, on the weekend. And the kids happened to wander through and, Uh-oh. and, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Has the potential to go very badly, but, uh, I yeah, guess I, I grabbed hysterical. the remote. Yeah, whatever, whatever it was that was on was, was safe. And then he proceeded to take them through a little bit of, of the state and they enjoyed I, it because I, they were I, their parents' children. I was, um, I don't remember what I was doing. I was probably doing some work on my computer and, John walked in just as the Fluffy Soft ad came on. And he just was like, what are you watching? And I just didn't say a word. I just looked at the screen. Just like, 
and fluffy soft and then the the bear starts talking and she just screams and starts beating the shit out of the bear with, with the iron and john lost it he was cracking up he had, he had no idea it was coming right nobody did and nobody does it's just he was not prepared for that to be that funny and he'd lost it and so he sat down and watched a handful of sketches and they were you know i'd, I'd skipped anything that was either so completely over their head, but, like, he thought it was pretty funny. But the next, that, I think that same night, actually, we wound up transitioning to uh, some season one Ren and Stimpy stuff, which he absolutely <laughs> loved. So, yeah, that was a good there's, time. There's, there's a definitive line right there between those two. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. How I'm old is so... he now? How old is he now? Yeah. Wait, didn't he just, he just He's had a 10. birthday. He's 10. He's 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make sure I was remembering that right, because, mm-hmm. like, wow... He's he's of age. I mean, not gonna lie, I want like you know it's half. I would let I would find it hysterical if this conversation went. Yeah, he wandered into the room and then he heard you know you know I want to dip my balls in it and then for the rest of the weekend he was just wandering around the house yelling at, at, like that. I would find hysterical, but not so much for you guys because that is not that. It's borderline well, bad good parenting kind of thing. It's I mean and and it just doesn't have. <laughs> It doesn't entirely have to do with our parenting. It's just the age, because currently, although he does not know why um, it is funny, uh, his favorite number is 69, because it's a funny number. That's a terrible that YouTubers number. That YouTubers say. It's very specific. It's his favorite number, and he always says nice because of YouTube. It's dipshits on YouTube. Um, so I recently took him with me the, the night that Chris was at the state. I took him with me to uh, Ellie's uh, cheer practice and we we're sitting in the bleachers while the girls are practicing. And I we have friends with a couple of the other parents. So we we're kind of sitting in a group and uh, he was playing something where it, there were nine levels. And even a, after every level that he finished, it de- displayed the number of levels he had finished as a fraction on the screen so he finished level six and up on the screen pops six slash nine and he goes 69 nice and one of the other moms like took a beat where she was like god i wish i recorded it where first she was like she heard she you could see her hear the joke register like oh huh yeah and then register the age of the person who said it. <laughs> her face, like, her eyes got so big and she looked at me and I went, you know, I threw my hands up in the air like, yeah, I don't know. He's what am I supposed to do here? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Playa. Oh my God. So funny. <laughs> so inappropriate. Like, he literally has no idea. It's a funny mm. number. Why, John? Why is it funny? I don't know. It's just a funny number. Oh, John. Okay. Sweet well, you know piece. what? Keep that innocence. I'm yeah. not. I'm not even going to touch that with a ten foot yeah. pole. Yeah. Time it's probably going to lead to a moment of embarrassment for him in the future when he finds out what 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 it means. <laughs> but I'm not going to be the one. Yeah. And you know what? Oh, it's now is the time to show him Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh my God. <laughs> 69 dudes <laughs> righteous <laughs> oh well fantastic now i have doctor who to rewatch and the state the state is going to be much quicker so i'll rewatch that and in a mere matter of seconds i will have the rest of that 
on my computer, and I will make sure that that gets onto the Plex. Glorious. Glorious. So um, I'll I'll finish. I'll jump over. Wait, it, the, the <laughs> while we were watching our horror movie, um, we started to have a conversation <laughs> about um, paranormal and ghosts, hunters, and whatnot. And uh, one of the neighbors had said she had just started watching this show called Encounters. And it's a, a four, I, I'm assuming it's a four-part miniseries. Um, it was on Netflix, and I started watching it. And it is, like, real heavy documentary about, like, um, UFO sightings and whatnot. But, like, done super seriously. Like, they're interviewing people and 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 news like, as opposed to interviewing robots no as opposed to you know three people wandering around the house looking at you know emf meters and look at that dot in the sky and it's horrible camera videos and it wasn't that it was like these this is these people's experiences and 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 it's just relaying information and no silly camera footage or whatnot but one of the the it, it's um like I said, it's 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 four episodes, and the um, it's broken down from like weird topics. Like the, it's like the titles are "Messengers Believers," the Broadhaven Triangle, and then "Lights Over Fukushima." And the the messengers was about uh, all of the people that were interviewed or spoken to were in some way, shape, or form involved in the military. Um, all degrees of of you know, service members. Believers was 60 kids, little kids in, I want to say Australia all saw the same thing and nobody believed them for a bunch of years. And like, and this, like this psychiatrist or psychologist went out and interviewed them and interviewed them individually. It was really, really interesting to see and, and to get these interviews of these people because these people really really believe what they are telling us like i don't have like whatever they saw they saw whether whatever you believe you believe yeah like it's not a gimmick it's, it's like these people genuine they're, they're speaking from a place of authenticity whether it's real or not right and what i was like one of the episodes especially the one with the 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 60 kids all seeing the same thing they interviewed a bunch of them there was one guy who is like no i i i lied like I heard them talking about it and I said, yeah, I saw it too. Like nobody saw anything. And then seven other people are like, no, no, no. Like this is what we saw. This is what it looked like. This is how far away I was. And like, it was, I mean, it, it was fat. It felt factual, like not silly. And it was really well done. Um, I don't think it's changing my mind about, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think it's pretentious to think that we are alone in this universe, but I don't think they're coming here because we are kind of dumb. I Listen, don't know babe, you... they've already confirmed it. Government is like, yeah, guess yeah. what, y'all? You have fucking aliens. Yeah. I, it's just, it's weird. I don't know. It's at some point in time. Evan's not sold. Yeah, I've. It's. I'm not because there's. <laughs> okay, the best footage I've ever seen was that. You know, was that that movie with um, Mel Gibson where the you know the aliens die because they get wet. Signs. Signs. <laughs> when that <laughs> that alien walks through the, the 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 Mexican birthday party and everybody's like that was the I wanted that to be real. 
Um, but I have been enjoying this. They're like 45 minute episodes. Uh, it's done on, it's a Netflix miniseries. If you like, it's not that guy on, was it ancient aliens? Yeah. It's going aliens. It's not that. <laughs> was it Rachel or Daisy? One of them was like, I love that I, guy. Well, I mean, I love that guy too, because he is fucking ridiculous. But it's not that. This is this is more like news based, and it's it's it, they talk about the stigma. That's what they're going with anyway. <laughs> what, yeah, well, what they're what they're doing is they're talking about the stigma about like this is very possible that this is actually real. But the fact of the matter is, is so many years ago we were said no, 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 that's silly. That's you're you're a fool for believing that, and it's just continued that way that if you say i saw an alien you're the weirdo like maybe it happened we there's a lot of weird shit out there (laughs) so um if you are at all interested in that i i highly recommend it it was it was an enjoyable watch this evening i will be like watching the final episode lights over fukushima and hopefully i'll get another season out of this because i like seeing this side of it not just a bunch of wacko haired people and really bad cell phone videos of some dot in the sky. It's, it's always always out of focus. Nobody ever has a good camera. Ever. Ever. <sighs> so yeah. That's what, that's that and unfortunately uh I've had Big Bang Theory on in the background a lot. Which is just mindless noise. It's really weird to me that you started doing that too, because like I've never watched the show, like not a single episode, so I'm finally being I'm finally experiencing. It's not a good show. Like I'll I'll laugh once an episode, maybe, but it's also because I'm not fully paying attention to it. I don't want to put something on. Like there are shows that I want to rewatch that would be a better use of my time. This is this is literally just noise in the background. Gotcha. So you know they make like white noise apps and things if you need noise. Like yeah, <laughs> I prefer it, lots of other things to hearing the Big Bang Theory and and even passively. It's and that's it. It's not. It's I don't. It's I don't know. I don't know. It's just there. <laughs> I think he likes the visual stimulus from time to time, and you know, and, and, maybe because you know, he dislikes there's it. There's a, there a hate watch aspect of it. Like this is so this is so silly this is so ridiculous how has this been on for forty two seasons and I understand why it's been and on like, for forty two seasons. Why did it win lowest, so many awards too? Well, it's the lowest like, common denominator. That's what it's, it's it's for, and it's it's fish in a barrel. It's it's like it's easy targets, and that's the the problem. You know, the things that I laugh at is when they make fun of each other, and I look at it as friendship fun, not the geek culture or the you know the the the, the the outsiders it's when you know friends are making fun of each other in a friendly manner and that's the stuff i laugh at everything else is i it's just there and gone so the best uh description i ever heard of that show was somebody i, I read called it a uh, nerd minstrel show and i was like oh my god mm-hmm. yeah. that's perfect yeah that's what it is <sighs> but that's what i got so miss Miss Angie, you finally finished something I have been waiting for you to finish. <laughs> I know, I know. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, um, she did it for you. Yeah, totally for you. Not, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I finally finished Firefly Lane. Yay! Firefly Lane, Girls Forever. Feelings. Yay. Oh, my God. Lots of feelings, so... lots of tears. Oh, my God. Oh, 
I oh Evan, are what, you okay? What what was I like after <laughs> I finished that show? Do you have? I mean, did you, you, have were, any you were a, a, a crying mess, and I don't know why. Like so, that's the one with the weird laugh track on it all the time, right? Because that was a funny fun. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> um, so I I have to say, like that show, as far as storytelling representation of trauma, PTSD. Uh, insta- instability, uh, coping, uh, just so many, so many things that they covered on that show, I felt were handled in a way that was beautiful and explained things to people who didn't get it. My coworker and I had a conversation about this and she was explaining how her boyfriend, uh, didn't understand certain experiences and behaviors that experiences she's had and behaviors that she's exhibited. And then after watching a, just a couple episodes of that show with her, he started to be like, wait a second. Like things started clicking for him that she'd tried to explain to him in the past that he just couldn't wrap his head around because it was not an experience that he could really empathize with, you know, uh, one of those being a, a traumatic situation. And, the way that the show has handled so many of those things and made it something that he could be like, wait, now I get this. They were able to have conversations around it. The way that she and I could talk about this and how we related to parts of their relationship or the, the history or the storytelling and asking those questions. Like she's a mom, like what, how would she have felt if, you know, her daughter had been in the car with an aunt Tully, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then that whole experience of, Kate getting sick and what it was like for Tully trying to be strong and then how when Kate passed like she couldn't oh, I'm going to get emotional talking about it again she couldn't go in for the funeral mm-hmm. and I remember like it, it's in no way the same right but I think if and correct me if I'm wrong but you know I think that you have experiences on that show that you relate to that I can't like when the dad passes away Like when Tully died, I lost one of my best friends when I was 18 years old and I, I felt like I was brought right back to the day of her funeral with this experience. And it just made me realize how raw some of that still is and how you never fully get over that. And I honestly Mm -hmm. fucking felt like I was losing her again when I was watching this show. Like mm. when, when Tully breaks and she's like, I don't like when she finally tells Kate, like, I don't know how to be without you. I don't know who I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. Like I said words and I remember saying words very similar to that when she died, because that was, I mean, she was a huge part of who I was and mm-hmm. I just, I, I haven't seen a show that could express the feelings that I had and, and make me relive those feelings in such an exact way since the day that I lost her, you know? So, I mean, it's been, fuck, it's been almost 20 years. It's been, <laughs> it's been 18 years and I still feel the same shit. Like, holy crap, that's powerful. So mm-hmm. I think that this is one of the best shows I've ever watched. I really do. And I think the fluidity of, of the the cycle of their life, how in the, in the, the early flashbacks when they're and you know, when they're firefly lane girls to when they're at the news station to the present day in the story, the way that they would have all of these parallels there, it was, everything was similar, but different, but the message was always the same. 
And Mm -hmm. I just, I really like, I've seen moments like that in my own life when I'm reflecting. And I just think that this is some of the most thoughtful storytelling. Um, and it's so beautifully fluid and in ways that I think that when we get older, we forget how much there is still that young person inside of us and how that affects us. So, yeah, I, I honestly, like I could weep right now with how much I love this show. (laughs) Aww. Well, now I feel a little bad for, like, being so insistent that you finish it. Like, please expose yourself to more trauma. No, Open no, up it, old, like, <laughs> vulnerabilities you didn't know that were still there. Right? But I think that, that that was what made it so special, honestly, is knowing that I could... There are parts... There's something that I think, at least for women who are watching this, you know, um, female-identifying people or people who who can just relate to some part of this show. Like I said, I can't relate about losing a, a parent, but I can certainly relate about losing a best friend. Um, and I think that the, the conversations that it sparked and, and like I said, the, just the, the insight that it gave me into my own experience and things that I may not have still dealt with. I really appreciate that this show could give me that because it still wrapped it all up with a bow full of love. Like, no, <laughs> So I agree. And, and Johnny, um, when he was like, when he was like <laughs> trying to be there for Kate and she's like, okay, we're going to plan my funeral now. And he's like, okay. Like, <laughs> oh my God. he's so good. <sighs> yes. Johnny is goals. Yeah. Um, so it was based on a book that was written by Kristen Hanna. Yes. And I've read a few other of her books, like without, like realizing at the time, maybe at the outset that it was like, it's the same person and everything that I've read by her is very different in the terms of the story that it tells, Mm -hmm. but very, um, very similar in the themes of like, you know, strong female bonds, be it friendship, family, whatever. Um, uh, but Kristen Hanna, amazing writer. And if you haven't, I suggest you, Go check all her books out of the library or buy them if you have that privilege. I don't. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, libraries are great. We do have some good used bookstores in town, so I'll definitely do some hunting. Um, But also, I don't know if if you or any of our listeners have heard heard of a site called Thrift Books. Yes. Thriftbooks.com. But you can buy used books on there for sometimes a fraction of where you can get how you can get them new and you're you know saving the earth by not printing another book so there's that mm-hmm. that's usually where i go if i like have to ha- have to own a physical copy of a book i'll see if thrift books has it first i love that yeah do that people but yeah i and um i've also heard for some people that have watched the show that wanted to go read the book and see what the differences were they were so true to the content that there's that it's like like almost identical which i thought was really interesting um so i'm curious like i may at some point pick it up i want to give it a little time so some of it fades um sure sure but man man oh man and cloud let's just talk about cloud for a second oh cloud wow she really fucking pulled it together man especially at the end when she's giving um I want to say Kate's mom because I, I always forget her her actual name. Um, 
but when she's giving her advice and then the mom turns to her and she's like, I never thought Cloud would be the person giving me <laughs> advice right now. And I'm like, right? right? Like, <laughs> agreed. Um, yeah. That <sighs> woman went on a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was also, I do want to, I don't, you know, it's been a while since we talked about this, but again, like good conversation pieces, um, Sean, the brother, you know, his coming out Mm -hmm. experience and his story, uh, when the parents said to him, uh, you know, well, we, we, we always just kind of knew. And then he's like, really? Because I had to live in a closet full of shame. And somebody made a point to me when I was talking about it again, really great conversations that said that their experience was very similar and they were so angry when they came out because they were like, if you knew that, then why the fuck didn't you have a conversation with me and make it a safe space? Right. So things Mm -hmm. that were being dealt with in such a way that again, I just think it's, there's a lot of thoughtfulness that went into the show and a lot of things that people are like, Oh, like the person who was watching that was talking to me about this was like, I didn't even realize that like, that's why I had so much anger until somebody else in this show articulated my experiences coming out as a queer person. So Again, like really just beautiful, beautiful things. Um, and I, I think that their friendship is uh, the kind of friendship that a lot of people hope for and uh, strive for. And I think that it's great that anybody is able to make a show that really captures how powerful and magical and complicated that can be. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, the fact of how much they're friendship changed over time the challenges they went through the things where you know you think that it's something that you could never forgive but then in the end it turns out the pain of not forgiving that person is worse than the pain of the betrayal or whatever it was that caused it so yeah (sighs) i mean and like i have to also laugh because evan has a gift for every time he walks into the room, regardless of what the show is, somebody has sex. It's like, it's, it's like he manifests every time. It. It's kind of crazy. So I just wanted to call that out because well done, babe. You yeah, did it. I mean, every time, I don't know. That's the only thing that bothered me in that entire show was it was like right after she and Johnny had sex that she realized that like, you know, that she had the, the rash that, ended up right? being the cancer mm-hmm. it was like nobody was gonna say anything about it like during mm-hmm. like you guys start she takes off her shirt and you're like whoa maybe we should like check this out yeah like maybe that should be a conversation yeah no nobody's that oblivious i don't think i mean boys you can chime in on that if you'd like but i don't know <laughs> i mean boobs are great and all but if one looked you know as different as as it looked in the show, yeah. you would say something, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Evan, yeah. do you happen to have this power for other shows? Because yes. I feel like that could be pretty interesting and dangerous if you like it, walk it, in no. or so watching the, the Price is Right. It's not, it's not <laughs> that I generate the sex show or the sex scene. If, the se- if there happens to be a sex scene in the show at some point in time, and it's not a show that I'm actively watching, if you're watching it and I walk into the room... That will be the scene that is happening. So it's okay. not like we can be watching, I don't know, fucking Ahsoka, and right. I walk oh. in, and all of a sudden, you know. That's what I'm saying. You yeah, know, no, it's not like that. You're like, it's not a causality. All right. Well, no. 
She's watching that Jeopardy. That would be awesome. Or horrible. Walks on into the room. <laughs> I mean, I would be very curious to see where that goes. Like, because then really, who's winning? Um, yeah, so that I I am so excited that I was able to get through that whole show. Uh, I'm really glad that Tully came back. Um, I'm glad that they repaired their friendship, and I'm glad that that show exists because it it was like really really beautiful. And um, yeah, holy shit! <laughs> Yay! Still I'm glad you finished it too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one I'll do some rewatching of for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let me wrap this whole thing up. Uh, I watched a show called The Other Black Girl, which is on Hulu. Um, I didn't really know a lot about it going into it. I just, I, you know, was son of at a loss for something to watch. I had heard this was good. Um, and I didn't really hear my, anything else about it other than that. And assuming by the name, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be some kind of, like, social commentary drama show about, you know, racism and modern society or whatever. Um, (laughs) It was more than I bargained for, you guys. So it's about this woman, this young black woman who works at a uh, book publishing um, house that she's, like, an assistant, and everybody there is, like, she's the only black girl, and then they hire another assistant who is also black. So like to each other, they're like, Oh, you're the other black girl. So that's like the service meeting of the title. Um, and like they become friends, but like also some weird things. It just, it there's, it's tonally weird for the beginning of the show. Um, and the more things go on and things happen, um, the the new girl who comes along, um, she starts to like just kind of go out of her way to like make things happen in uh Nella, who is the protagonist, um, in her career, like make good things happen for her. With like to a degree that it's like, this is kind of creepy, like what's going on? Mm. Um <laughs> and then like halfway through the show and and they go through a back and forth where uh there's no, there's never anything proved. There's never any like real hard evidence that anything is going on. Everything could be explained away. Um, Nella's best friend is, uh, an eyebrow artist <laughs> named Malika, who is like, she's, she's like the person who makes it to the end of the horror movie. Cause she's like, Oh, hell no. This is like <laughs> something sketchy's going on. Um, and then she has a white boyfriend and, the boyfriend is like, well, maybe she's just extra nice. Like, no. Nope. So ha- <laughs> halfway through the show, um, the new girl, Hazel, invites Nella to this uh, hair party where they're all going to do each other's hair uh, with some of Hazel's other friends. And she comes in and they're all like these really accomplished, um, like exceptional uh, Nella ends up describing them as like fembot type women. <laughs> They're like, you know, very successful in their career, very young. And like, it's just kind of weird. And then somebody else shows up at the party and it's someone who Malika knew and she has gone through like a great transformation. Like when Malika knew her, they were 
they fought all the time and she was crazy and like acted out and did all this stuff. And now she's just like one of the fembots, like super professional and polished and all. <laughs> so they're very suspicious of, of all this. Um, and they snoop around her place and find out, find some, like some papers that show that, uh, Nella is the, the subject of the involuntary subject of like, uh, some kind of study or something, some kind of weird project. <laughs> It really just goes like where you don't expect it to go. Yeah, so, I thought this was uh, going to be a show about stalking. <laughs> like this is wild. <laughs> it ends up that I, I mean I don't want to give everything away in the show, but it ends up that Hazel is involved in an organization that is attempting to elevate black women to positions of power in order to enact um, radical social justice change, uh, like you know racial equity, that kind of thing. But the way that they go about it is super duper sketch. They're like basically taking these these women who have potential and then like kind of doing what they do to place them in opportune positions. And then, you know, this is their whole plan. <laughs> that they're This is how they're going to change the world. So it's like... The motives are amazing and excellent, but the way they're going about it is uh, super, super, super sketch. Kind of iffy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, they, the, the women who end up getting transformed, like, kind of don't have a say. Like, you know, it's kind of like the trickster in a story who is like, I can offer you everything you ever wanted. But then like, you know, there's a twist. <laughs> or you like but give up the person that you used soul. to be to in order to become exactly like your soul is given up. So love that. Super duper interesting. All the performances are great. Um, by by like the fourth episode, I was like, oh, I want to know what happens next. I want to know what happens next. And there's ten episodes, and they're half hour episodes. Um, and I hope there's a season two because where they left it, like. There's definitely room for more story. Oh, um, so like you did watch all ten episodes? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I was nice. like, when I was trying to pick which show to talk about tonight, I was like, no, I finished that show. Like <laughs> that's what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if you had like only seen a few episodes of this, you would have a completely different opinion of it. You'd be like, something's going on, but I don't quite know, and I hope it goes somewhere, but like. No, having seen the whole thing, I'm like, this is kind of awesome, like twisted and weird and definitely not my normal kind of thing, because mm. I'm normally like, I need feel good, happy, comfort food stuff, Yeah, but, which is, <laughs> aside from this, all I've been watching is Downton Abbey and Bake Off Nice. <laughs> <laughs> to give a little contrast. But uh, yeah, uh, the other black girl is uh, very interesting, very cool, uh, very well done. So, highly recommend, I guess. Sounds wild. Go, go, go. <sighs> anyway, uh, I think we should take a break. And then when we come back, it's time for Doctor Whoing all over the place. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Hi everyone, Chris here. 
Podcast listening is free, but podcast creation is not. That's why the Geekade Patreon exists. In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support Geekade and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the Geekade Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. We are safe at home, the leading dog rescue in the heart of New Jersey. Are you searching for a loyal companion, a dog that will bring love and joy to your home? Look no further than Safe at Home. At Safe at Home, we believe in giving every dog a second chance. We rescue, rehabilitate, and find loving forever homes for dogs in need, right here in the Garden State. Our dogs are ready to make a lasting impact on your life. Each one has a unique story, a wagging tail, and an incredible capacity for love. When you adopt from Safe at Home, you're not just gaining a pet, you're becoming a part of our family. Our dedicated team ensures a seamless adoption process, providing ongoing support and guidance. With New Jersey's beautiful parks, beaches, and trails, you and your new furry friend will have endless opportunities for adventures and cherished memories. Safe at Home relies on the support of compassionate individuals like you. Your donations and volunteer work enable us to continue saving lives and finding forever homes for these amazing dogs. Join us in creating a safer, happier community for dogs in New Jersey. Together we can make a difference and give every dog the chance to feel safe at home. Visit our website or call us now to learn about how you can be a part of the Safe at Home mission. Safe at Home, because every dog deserves to be loved and protected www.safeathomerescue.org And we are back. Uh, thanks for checking out our commercial. So, Doctor Who, famously one of the longest running TV shows in history, uh, beginning on the BBC in 1963 and running until 1989 in an era we now call Classic Who, after a 16-year hiatus that I call the dark times <laughs> the bbc brought the show back in 2005 beginning the era of new who so tonight's episode is the finale of season five of new who uh the first season that featured matt smith's 11th doctor as well as his companions amy pond played by uh karen gillen of guardians of the galaxy fame and rory williams played by arthur darvall this episode also features repeat guest star Alex Kingston as River Song, who, if you don't know, is sort of a mysterious stranger who knows more about the Doctor than he knows about her uh, at this point, when we don't know why. Uh, of course, we'll find out lots more about River in season six, but that's not what we're here to talk about. And she's a bombshell. So, <laughs> uh, the Big Bang is the second part of a two-parter. The first part's called The Pandorica opens. Uh, that was not the homework assignment, but we all watched it. So I'll just we'll say quickly, that yeah, um, that the uh, the doctor comes to stumble upon the Pandorica, which is a uh, legendary prison built to trap the most dangerous creature in all of time and space. And uh, the whole episode, he's trying to figure out 
who built it, where did it come from, who's trapped in there, and why doesn't he know about it? And then it turns out at the end of the episode that it was built by all of his enemies working together in order to imprison him, because he is the greatest danger to the universe. I mean, that Um, tracks. That makes sense. (laughs) Well, when you look at it from a certain point of view. Yes. (laughs) Um. But it's because there's been this for you know this prophecy about his TARDIS exploding and destroying the entire universe, and uh, he they 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 then ascribe the fault to him because he's the only one who can fly the TARDIS, so he must have been the one. So if they lock him up, it won't happen. Except it does happen. Uh, so in the second half, in the. <laughs> of the two-parter, the doctor, despite the impossible, the very typical impossible circumstances, uh, attempts to avert the end of the universe. Um, there's so much I love about this episode. Uh, I could, I would, I could go on for about eight hours about everything I love about this episode, but I don't think we should do that. I think I should first find out how did you guys feel about revisiting this episode slash both of these episodes. No, I say go for it. Evan loves editing long podcasts. <laughs> well, it's not about that. It's about like not being able to upload it because it is a limit, but still, it's fine. <laughs> Gotta just Someday lower the quality I'll... of audio. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. In all my copious spare time, I will just go on like a, you know, a whatever, 15-hour rant about these two specific episodes. Two thoughts with Karen. I mean... All right, episode 12 had one of the most baller Doctor Who doctor moments I can remember in all of the Doctor Whos, where he's standing on that rock yelling, in essence, into a megaphone at everybody's like, bring it, motherfuckers, and they left. They're like, that's right, you know who this is, gets to step in. He is such a badass. And I don't remember, like, I didn't remember this episode in its entirety. I remembered bits of it. Like, my brain told me that when that box opened, there was a Dalek inside of it. And it wasn't. It was because when that box opened, the first thing you saw was a Dalek. He was on, He was outside of it, though. I was like, right. that made sense. This, this show, this, these two episodes made me want to do a rewatch. Like that's that's the best thing I can say because he is like Matt Smith wasn't my favorite doctor, but everything there was nothing bad about this episode at all. He's so fucking charismatic. He is. He is. He is like a hundred and ten percent charisma. So I'm gonna be honest, I hated Matt Smith as a doctor. But that's uh, why we're not friends anymore. But <laughs> click. I'm revisiting this now with a different perspective. So when I first saw Matt Smith, it was coming right off of Tenant, and I had gotten so attached to him. Now, again, I know a lot of people also had that experience, but I think maybe for others who had watched original or classic Who, maybe it wasn't so hard for them to have those transitions because, like, I thought Chris Eccleston was great. He was a wonderful doctor. Like, I really appreciated what he brought to the character. And I had never seen Classic Who, so that was my first doctor experience. And then I just, Tennant, like, stole my heart. And we spent a lot of time with him. So when it switched to Matt Smith, I was like, that's not my doctor. No. I don't like him. And I 
remember thinking like this season, I remember liking where the story was going here and then hating seasons six and seven. Um, <laughs> I don't know why anymore. I feel like Evan and I talked about it after we watched the episode and from what I could recall, it's something about feelings of like regurgitating the same thing. Like the bad wolf story arc, which I don't want to say too much about because Evan's going to do a rewatch and he doesn't really remember all of it. Um, I don't remember any of it. Okay. So like, Doctor Who is completely out of my head. Yeah. Just, so a thing I will never, ever say. Well, I, like you spent a lot <laughs> yeah. more time with it than I did or I Correct. have. Right. So. So for for me, like going back and watching this and not like feeling the same way that I did the last time I was watching Who was kind of a breath of fresh air. Like I was way more open to him as a character. I really got engaged with what was happening after the first episode was over. I really wanted to see the second part. Like, and I, I, I knew some of it. Like I remembered the whole thing about the girl who waited and the boy who waited and him being a centurion and like there was definitely a lot of stuff that I could still recall, but a lot of stuff that I couldn't. And I really, really enjoyed this episode. I think that I think I did Matt Smith dirty and I'm going to give him a chance. I told Evan, if he's doing a rewatch, I kind of want to do one, but I want to start with Matt Smith because I really, I quite literally, I dropped Dr. Who after his episodes. Like I was really just over this show. Um, well, the, a lot yeah. of the Matt's... I, I, I have to interject a couple of things. Okay. Uh, I can say from experience that Karen experienced something similar to you. I remember when David Tennant regenerated and we were watching it together. And uh, <laughs> she was rather apprehensive about Matt Smith, but it didn't take that long for him to win her over. But I remember mm-hmm. watching it and like being like, all right, let's, let's do it. And then like we did it and it, it was... T- took took a minute, but uh, you know, that, 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 I remember that. I was happening. never going to not watch Doctor Who. Exactly, <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I, I definitely, I was a little bit more open to it because I started with Eccleston, so it was just kind of like, I don't know, it just seemed like, well, this is just a thing that happens, and yeah, I was really attached to David Tennant, but I was just really curious to see what this new guy had to offer. Um, Man, I had a second point. What did you just say before? <laughs> I just totally lost my train of thought. I got. I felt like they regurgitated the story for Moffeting, Moffeting Oh yeah, this was very Moffaty. This, this was yeah. This was, so yeah, when you were saying like I had a memory of not not liking it, I was like, I have a theory <laughs> about why you. <laughs> so this whole, especially this episode, but the whole season, um, is. Like the rebooting of the universe and the light from the TARDIS and flying it into the flying the Pandorica into the explosion is the most mm-hmm. fucking wibbly wobbly timey wimey <laughs> shit ever. Yes, it does not make sense. Like maybe Yet, too wibbly wobbly right, timey. Stop it. Yes, it does. But it makes if you take enough the magic sense. box and you put it with the other magic box. It makes magic stuff. Come on now. It, it doesn't make sense in the way that it's okay not to make sense for me. I can right. acknowledge that people don't like Moffat. People don't like Matt Smith because he's so goofy, because like the stories are so over the top, outlandish, high stakes. And that's eventually why people lost patience with Moffat is because, you know, this, I don't think this was his first season as showrunner, but this was Matt, Fit, Matt Smith's first season. 
and the the stakes could not have been any higher by the end of this season. And then the next season, somehow they got even higher and the next season, even higher than that. And they still kept getting out of it and they still kept getting out of it. It was like, okay, Moffat, you, you've lost your mind. <laughs> like yeah. there's only so much, um, suspension of belief we can swallow and, or suspension of disbelief we can swallow. And at this point, it was like not too much for, for me or I think to expect of other people. This is like, this is Moffat at his best, in my opinion. Yeah, this was, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. It's, it just, this was such a great high point, And then after this was the time to rein it back in. After this was like, this was, this was endgame, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this, this was, this was it. And then he was just like, no, I can, I can go crazier. I can get crazier than this. And he just kept getting crazier. And it just, hold my it beer. It was exhausting. The show became exhausting. And then after, what was it? uh, (coughs) Signal took over after Moffat? Yeah. And, like, I thought it started out pretty good, but then it, you know, just got on a ski slope. For me personally, just just like an elevator had the wires cut and just went down and down and down and down and got so much. It felt, going back to this, was like, oh, right, this show used to be really freaking fun. And... I'm not going to say I disliked the newer Doctor Who stuff, but goodness gracious, like, it was fun to go back and remember just why I liked this show so much to begin with, because this was extremely fun. Uh, I, it's so <coughs> wild, just a lot of the shots during the episode, like, holy shit, Matt Smith was young. He's yes. so young. He's, so young. He's, He's such a young through dude. most of this episode. Yeah. Like, because, you know, we recently saw him in well, The House of the Dragon, and, like, yeah. I don't feel like he's gotten a lot older, but then I look at this and, like, oh, my God, he's a baby. He's a baby. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I I love this episode. I love this show. Um, I don't really have There's else so many, like, I feel like key moments that are, like, really memorable about Doctor Who, and especially the Matt Smith era, happened in these two episodes and like I remembered uh, you know the boy who waited the girl who waited like I remembered those things after only watching this show once and I'm like oh I remember Rory like I I, I knew that was coming mm-hmm. and it these the way this story flows sh- shows so much um, depth to all of these characters because it shows that, like, the emotional ties that they all have, you know, uh, Amy and the Doctor and, and uh, you know, Rory and Amy and Rory and the Doctor. Like, that first communication where Rory is – or Robo-Rory is back and the Doctor is talking to him and not acknowledging the fact that he shouldn't <laughs> exist. Like, that goes on for, like, six beats and you're waiting for it to happen but it didn't feel drawn out. It didn't feel like like a weak ploy kind of thing. Like it it made sense because that doctor is so scattered and whatnot and all over the place. But he got to it. Like he went, wait, and like that shows the relationship and when the you know the ring and you know go get her cut. Like that stuff just I don't remember Rory being that big of a deal, but like you could see that he was important to the overall 
you know, camaraderie of the group kind well, of thing. Didn't Amy like kind of pine after the doctor at one point? Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was. They did try of- to put him in the middle of their relationship for far too long, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like she, like, it was weird that at the wedding, she's like, yeah, you could, you could definitely kiss the bride. Like that. Yeah. I was that like, was weird. girl, what? <laughs> Put that but, away. Hey. <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> um, and the like. I mean, what can you say about River? Like, oh my god, I love her so much. She is amazing, and I'm not gonna lie. Like, I at one point in time, like something. I think it was when they kept rewinding her opening the door over and mm-hmm. like over like saying uh, I'm sorry sweetie I'm sorry my love or mm-hmm. so, yeah that's it over and over and I turned to Angela like how many times have you checked out her ass she's like every time I'm like I have two <laughs> <laughs> not sorry nope this, this is another this, exa- this episode is another great thing about it is it that it features River kind of at her best mm-hmm. there came a point where it like the whole river thing was like a bridge too far um but right in this moment where like she knows she knows the most about him at this point and he knows not nothing but relatively little and is like excited and intrigued and like in a way that it surprises even himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just really fun to watch and alex alex fucking kingston's performance it died. Like, oh, what happened to the Dalek? It died. <laughs> I love you, Alex Kingston. And she can do this and Shakespeare. She's fucking superwoman. And ER. And ER, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, she was also on a show that was terrible, so I'm glad that she is so good in so many other things. Because she was great on that show, but the show itself was not. What, what show? What show? Uh, the witches, I think it was. Whatever that one with. Like, oh, um, and Discovery of Witches. Discovery of Witches. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she so was that. Sucks. That was not great when she no, was but in that. She was. She was great. She, she was, was still good. great. But the rest of that show, not so much. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Oh. Yeah, this. Like you, like you've been saying, just this. This is Stephen Moffat playing check chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. The the whole rewind at the end, just incorporating different aspects of the season that, like, you can see the seeds were planted all the way along. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you go back talking to her on the logs in the in the forest. Like that was that was some mind blowing stuff right there. But that's um, like that's the that's what Bad Wolf felt like for me and so i feel like again uh, you know what never mind i don't want to ruin anything i'm sorry i liked it when he the doctor bounced back and forth in time to like to set the the plan in motion <laughs> yeah in With one the like the you saw it happen head, at the beginning yeah. and then he did it again but like he kept wait no i gotta do that and like i like it when shit like that happens <laughs> like you why did he keep leaving the first time? Oh, that's why. Because he's having a whole other conversation in another set of time. Got it. Yeah, Such this a, does. So this episode contains a lot of iconic, like hilarity. The the shenanigans with the vortex manipulator. Mm. Um, 
if then the drunken giraffe dance at the end at the wedding. I love the, the drunken kids, giraffe. That was amazing. Um, Wait, keep is that it a real dance? That's the name of the dance. That's so good. And somewhere in some Doctor Who book somewhere, there are like published instructions on how to do it. Of course there are. Of course there are. Of course there are. I love this. Um, it features my favorite piece of Doctor Who music, which is I Am the Doctor by Murray Gold. It's that dun 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 It's so exciting. When that music starts playing, you know something awesome is going to happen. Something's going to happen. And it has the fez. Yes. Do you guys know the story about the fez and the creation of the fez? No. No. So there's this um, famous anecdote of one of the producers of the show is being interviewed, and she says that... Um, I, I I copied and pasted it after I found it. She says, Stephen mentioned the Fez to Piers and I, Piers is the writer, uh, before he even wrote it. He said, I'm thinking of putting Matt in a Fez in episode 13. And of course, Piers and my jaw hit the floor and went, a Fez? You're kidding me. You're going to put Matt in a Fez? If we put Matt in a Fez, Matt will never take the Fez off. <laughs> He'll want to wear the Fez for the whole of the next series. It will be glued to his head. He'll be wearing it, you know, with his own clothes. It'll be a nightmare. <laughs> and Stephen Moffat said, no, no, I've got a cunning plan. As soon as he's got the Fez, I'm going to kill the Fez. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. I just love that. I know. I like that they knew their own show and their actor that well that it was like, okay, we can do this, but this is the only way we can do this. So, was that the only appearance of the Fez? Yes and no. The Fez came back with the 13th Doctor with Jodie Whittaker. Okay, so when he. With Matt Smith. Like, that. Yes, that's the only appearance of the Fez. I really felt that the Fez played more of a Stuck role. around longer. Yeah. Nope. The Fez wow. gets destroyed. And then when he comes back at the end where you're like, oh, I, I escaped. I love it when I do that. And he's like <laughs> checking everything out. And he's like, oh, Fez, I can buy a new Fez. And it's a throwaway line. But <laughs> two doctors later, there's an episode where the Fez that he ordered shows up. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I wear fezzes now. Fezzes are cool. Fezzes are cool. So, yeah. Oh, just like something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. That the way great. that they bookend the, ser- the series with that was Amy's wedding at the start, at yep. the beginning where she ran away. And then it's Amy's when they finally get to the wedding at the end of the season and it's bookended. And then they incorporated that whole like wedding tradition into like Doctor Who lore. I'm like, how did you fucking do that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I love this episode. (laughs) Some of the like when like the the whole crying scenes that she does like both mm-hmm. sad and ha- like those were like super moving like you're crying like i i think it's because i'm really happy why am i crying like that is like <laughs> sometimes i wonder it's... if they like before they did those scenes did they just like put a little eyedropper on her face because i was like she it's just, always like a, it starts with a single it like, was yeah like it was she's good so at it. good yeah so good. great great episodes great show good pick thank you karen You're welcome. And I just do want to acknowledge again for the the haters out there that like, 
Your your criticisms are not unfounded. Matt Smith is ridiculous. Stephen Moffat is out of control. But I think at this point in the series, both of those things are are well enough reined in that Manageable it's enough. <laughs> used it's used to advantage rather than to disadvantage. And I would say so. again, it, it, having space from the show, I'm not as like butthurt about like losing tenant. Like, I think it's it it now is a good time for me to give it a chance. Listen, again. we all love tenant. He's the longest reigning doctor in New Who, and he's coming back next month. Next month, people. Next month. <laughs> I say this only because I've been waiting for like a year and a fucking half for this shit. When is he coming back again? Next month. Oh. Wait, sorry, didn't catch that. <laughs> how, <about what? laughs> how long has how long has it been since there has been new who? Seriously, like eighteen months. Like <laughs> I can't remember. I just remember when when the series ended when the last special aired, I was like it was the spring of last year, I feel like. And they were like, he'll be back in the 60th anniversary special. And I'm like, but that's next November. What the fuck? <laughs> I weren't like, when are we we're supposed to be getting a new doctor? Correct. Ish. Right. First, we're going to have David Tennant for, I think, three specials. Oh, and so then that, he's going to so regenerate so we're not into another, a new guy. We're not getting a new Who till I don't know what twenty twenty eight, right? That's what three <laughs> specials and a movie. <laughs> so I am excited to <laughs> only see this show could what... do it. Only Doctor Who could make you wait that long, and then yeah. say thank you. Like I lived through the hiatus, all right, like in real time. That's right. You were you were a a Whovian before New Who, so correct. And I there was no such thing as a reboot or a remake when it went away. There was no hope. It was just like it's over. And then it was like, oh wait, let's make a TV movie that's terrible. I, going, I but was we love it up, anyway because it's Doctor Who. Cleaning up the 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 Doctor Who episodes of the first run for you to make sure like everything was there and whatnot. It is. It is wild how different the the presentation of Doctor Who was then in comparison to now. Like multiple episodes for the same storyline, shorter. Like it was a completely different thing. Yeah, the episodes were typically four to six parts, but not standard enough that you could say, "Oh, it's always going to be six parts." Right. Like it was like, all over the place. It was, it, and it's wild that it got. <laughs> So it's know. the BBC. They can yeah. do whatever the fuck they want, and they did. It's the same reason now that they can make six episodes of something and call it a season. The audacity. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But they do good stuff. Well, I mean, that's unfortunately they do. That's that's more commonplace now because of fucking TV. Also, writers. I don't know what show I like. I there's a show that I want to watch, and I oh, uh, the Continental. The, the the new John Wick miniseries thing, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, it's only three episodes. They're an hour hour and a half plus each. I'm like, that's not a TV show. That's two movies. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's because now movies are like five hours, which is also ridiculous. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that, right? Want to watch a movie? Take your whole day away. 
we had a, a very serious discussion about um, who we liked as companions. And yeah. man, I got really angry over that. What was, what was that? Clara. Clara. Oh my God. I do not like Clara at all. She became she's way in, too important. Way too quickly. She's unpopular. <laughs> she's she's very divisive, I should say. Some people are like, oh my God, she's the best companion there ever was. Nope. And some people are like, and, they, and then there's people who are right, <laughs> who don't like her. I, I'm proud to be part of that camp. <laughs> I liked her. I thought like the actress was great. Yeah, yeah, just the way her story went. I just that that whole chunk of Doctor Who is like I love I I love <laughs> Peter Capaldi. He deserved so much better better so did material Jody. to work with. And uh what was that? So did Jody. So did Jody, yeah, oh for sure. That's like feel like that's on a whole different level right there. Right on. But uh, uh both Capaldi and um uh, but Jenna Coleman, I feel like they both deserved better. Like when Jenna Coleman first shows up and interacts with Matt Smith's doctor is like, it's pretty great. And I really liked the, a lot of the ideas that were at play there. Like when Peter Capaldi showed up and she didn't like him anymore, she basically had Angie's reaction. It was like, you're, you're not him. You're not my doctor. Fuck off. And yeah. there was, there were a lot of neat ideas at play and man, when they shined, they did a really great job, but, Sometimes they did not shine. <laughs> Sometimes they did not shine. That Sometimes it's just uncomfortable. And well, if you don't do? know, uh, when they Doctor Who know. returns, it, it will be under the leadership of the original showrunner, Russell T. Davies. Yeah. So I guess we'll also find out, who those of us who are interested anyway, we'll find out very shortly uh, whether the magic can be brought back. But I How think long that was Davies is- doing it for before Moffat Moffatting? All over the place. I feel like he was doing. I feel like he did four seasons, but I could be wrong. It could have okay. been three. Yeah, he was definitely in the Tenant era. Um. So, um, <sighs> thank you all for humoring me and all my Doctor Whoness. Uh, I believe that it is about time for Christopher to give his spiel. This week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you. You can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord, where there's an entire This Week's Episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk, and of course, the regular Geekade social media accounts linked to in the show notes. The four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available on Twitter at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? At STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Etsy, and TikTok. Angie, where can people find you? Go to my website, nerds. It's www.angelafernot.com, and it'll take you to all of the other things that I do. And Evan, what about you? Talesofcapefear.com. <clears throat> Boom. Goodness gracious, excuse me. Are you okay? If you need to I'm, I'm just choking on spit here like some kind of... <laughs> Uh, if you need to know more about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are stole- sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave reviews because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, as always, keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh, original content. Karen, back to you.
Thank you so much. So I believe our next chooser is Angie, and that was a surprise to her two hours ago. So maybe she's come up with something. Let's see. What are you talking about? What I was not surprised at all. Super, super prepared. I was so prepared. Do you know how prepared I was? Still not ready. Still, she'll still dragging out time because she's still. (laughs) No, no. This is again. Happy birthday, Karen. My pick is Good Omens season two, episode one. Yay! Thank you, uh-huh. more tenants. Uh, that is something I can get behind. And um, interestingly, by the time we record the next episode, one of my friends uh, for my birthday gave me tickets to see uh, Neil Gaiman talk. What? So uh, that will have happened by the time we record the next episode. So maybe I'll have some little interesting tidbits to add. The ramblings of a madman. <laughs> that's really cool well i will be honest i wasn't like i i just haven't been making a ton of time for television and i felt like i wanted to be intentional about when i watched good omens i didn't realize that the universe was setting me up for such success there so. it is <laughs> very perfect excited. all right well we will see all of you back here same bat time same bat channel for uh this week's episode that's all for us tonight good night Really? Okay. No, yeah. no saying goodbye from Bye. us. Oh, I forgot the thing that we do. We're just I fucked it up real bad. <laughs> no, no. That's it. Goodbye. Oh over. my god! This is why you write a full script and don't just like give up at the end. <laughs> from all She's of Angie. us at this week's episode, I'm Karen. I'm Angie. I'm Evan. I am talking! (laughs) Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.